That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Ramey. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. If you're looking to cut back on your drinking, you're looking to quit your drinking, uh, you're looking for more podcasts, more resources. We have all kinds of great resources at thatsoberguy.com, so make sure to check that out. You can also follow us on Instagram at that sober guy podcast. And uh, very happy to be with you today. Got a great guest set up for you today. Her name is Sarah Siegel. And Sarah is a vocal advocate for integrative wellness and conscious living. Her journey has been marked by personal growth. Uh, and a decision that I know many of us ponder, we have pondered, or maybe we're doing it right now. How do we break away from a long-standing, unhealthy, and habitual relationship with alcohol? Uh, so Sarah is also the creator and CEO of the Dry January event called Pure Clarity, uh, which is actually coming up in just a few days. Um, and what it is, it's a day-long mindful drinking event down in Santa Monica, California, uh, which includes speakers, panelists, wellness classes, non-alcoholic uh, beverages, uh, plenty of community, uh, and there's some going uh, to be some amazing brands there, which include some brand sampling, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, straight from Sarah herself. Uh, so uh, yeah, without further ado, Sarah, it's so great to have you on the podcast. We got to connect earlier this week, and uh, we're really excited to uh, hear some more about yourself, about your um, you know, your old habits of drinking, and then of course the Pure Clarity event that's coming up uh, this weekend, actually. Thank you so much, Shane. So honored to be here. So happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, same, same. I always love uh, getting together, meeting new people, um, and getting to talk about this, which really is just this huge, um, you know, movement of people who are tired of drinking. I mean, let's we're taking look a look at you know different habits, and uh, is it benefiting me? Is it benefiting my lifestyle? Is it is it making me better? I always say this: I've never met anybody who's came to me and said, you know, my habitual drinking has really improved my life <laughs> still to this day. So, yeah. So uh, um, t- tell us a little bit about, about yourself, Sarah. What, what's uh, what's going on with Sarah Siegel these days? Oh, Shane, yeah. And, and I can completely incur with, concur with that for sure. Um, so what's going on with me? Well, you know, I've, I've been a, I was a drinker since I was 15. I grew up in England um, and drinking was really part of, you know, our lifestyles, um, yeah. family, you know, out into the pub, um, drinking on the weekend, age limit is 18, started drinking at 15. Um, so, you know, basically drank my way through, you know, my teens, my twenties, my thirties, and then kind of shifted the whole decision for alcohol being out of my life in my late forties. Got it. Got it. So you, so you grew up in England, you mentioned that what is the difference between, I know just like the, the, the cultural atmosphere of alcohol in England versus America. Do you have like a take on that or is there anything that you would notice or point out that might be different or similar? Yeah. I, I you know, the pubs, right. The mm. social aspect of drinking is bringing together everybody at the pubs. So yeah. everyone would be down at the pubs after work, down at the pubs on the weekend. Um, it was, you know, a given and basically just part of our culture is to yeah. meet at the pub. Yeah. And people will come in there alone too. You don't have to come in with anybody into the pub. Oh. People are so friendly and welcoming and people, you know, there's a very social and kind of lively atmosphere in these pubs yeah. all over the country. 
is there is there kind of a mindful movement um, that you're seeing even like in a place like England? Are people starting to become more aware of that over over there as they are here? Absolutely. There's lots of non-alcoholic, you know, bars and places popping up. Um, and there's amazing brands that are coming out of the UK. Um, they're actually saying that the UK is actually one of the leaders in the um, space of, really? you know, redefining relationships with alcohol. Um, yeah. I think people are definitely switching over to some CBD drinks um, and finding alternative ways to, you know, enjoy a drink, but without the alcohol. Yeah. Because it is such indoctrinated, so yeah, they're they're looking for that, looking for that replacement. Yeah, I, I love to hear that, and I, you know, when you say like a non-alcoholic bar, or um, you know, maybe it's a, a, a restaurant inside that bar, or whatever it is, like I always love to hear that because I do miss the social aspect, you know, of uh, of having a drink and hanging out with friends and laughing and having a good time. I just don't want the repercussions of the alcohol, whether it's the hangover, the dumb decisions I make later on, the stupid things right. you say, the health issues. Um, and just, I think for me, just because it's pushed on our, on our society so much and it's such like, there's such this normalcy bias. Oh yeah, I just drink. That's just what, that's just what we do. Um, from an industry standpoint, there's a lot of money that's being made on the backs of folks who are really struggling, you know, with that. So, um, the hundred percent, hundred percent, the messaging is, you know, completely always out there. Um, I actually just got the opportunity to speak to somebody yesterday who, you know, I was talking to her about dry January and I was at an event that I was, you know, hosting and, um, it was a small event and the lady shared with me, she said, I don't really drink. Um, I just drink wine. Mm. Um, and she said, wine's good for you because she's getting the message in that wine is good for you. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, in her eyes, she wasn't doing anything that she didn't feel that she should not be doing. Yeah. So, and there isn't a right or wrong, but there's just a, a conditioning that I think has really occurred. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. I think the conditioning is a, is a great way to put it through, through media, through ads, through movies, um, you know, and there's lot, there's definitely a lot of that. And it just, you just reminded me too, like, you know, hey, a doctor says it's healthy to have two yeah. glasses of wine a week. I've yeah. heard that before. I don't like, I don't, you know, I, it doesn't yeah. seem great to me if you're doing that daily, probably. But Absolutely. I think that looking at the, you know, Western medicine, I think the conversation with the patients on, you know, they ask you, what is your alcohol intake? But, you know, how much conversation is there around it about the dangers of alcohol? Yeah. And that it yeah. is, you know one of the leading you know issues with the brain the heart liver and immune system and you know cancer um yeah. you know how much of that information and education is really being passed on in that environment yeah yeah i think alcohol kills or alcohol related incidents kill more people combined than all drugs <laughs> i'm pretty yeah. i'm pretty sure that's pretty, yeah um yeah, and that's a absolutely. relevant thing like to think about like wow you know um what was it for you that when when you decided like you know i'm kind of done with this i want to i want to find a new path like what was there a specific event was there a moment was there a light bulb that went off um anything you might share on that i i had struggled with giving it up for so many years you know there was such a war within myself and a war within my family at times because a different part of me would come out after drinking too much yeah. um and also just my family would see it in my eyes and see it in my face when I wasn't who I was. Um, and that would, you know, that wasn't, it just wasn't a good part of our family life. Um, my relationship with my fiance had ended 
um, over my drinking. Um, our engagement was, you know, cut off. And um, I truly still did not want to give up drinking because I, I what was I going to do? What was I going to do if I wasn't drinking? Like yeah. it was, it was, you know, it was really more fun? of a conditioned choice rather than a conscious one, but it was something that I just couldn't really imagine living without. Um, there were times where I, you know, binge drink and I would wake up after a blackout on the floor and, you know, be, you know, either, you know, just, just in a really bad way. Yeah. And, you know, blurred out from the night before couldn't remember what I would say what I would speak and then the next day I would look at my phone and go oh my gosh trying to piece together the times of the night or or the or the event that I was at I would say that a lot of my inner circle were surprised when I gave up drinking they were like well you don't have an issue we've never seen any problems with you why do you not just moderate because they really hadn't seen the private struggle that I had gone through um, so, yeah. you know, and this is, you know, accumulative over the years, it doesn't yeah. get better. It gets worse. Mm. Um, but also I was someone that could have a drink and, and stop at one, but then I would also be the person that would binge drink and drink out of the bottle before going to going to sleep, you know, just having yeah. that one last chug. If that bottle of wine was open, then I would make sure to finish it. And it would be pretty easy for me to do that. Yeah. Gosh, yeah, thanks for sharing that. I, I relate to just a, a lot of it, actually, just in the fact of I had friends who were blackout drinkers, let's say, just constant, and they got yeah. in a lot of trouble. And so it was it made it really easy for me to justify my own because I, I wasn't as bad as them, you know? Right. So it was like, cool. Right. And I had the same thing. Like, people would say, you're not that bad. Like, what do you mean? Right. Like, you haven't got three DUIs. You're not going to jail. Right. You still got your job. You know, but yep. they did not know the battle that was going on up here. Yeah. They did not know. And it was, and it got, it only got worse. It got worse as time went on and yeah. it just made it, it made it really difficult to, uh, to talk about it. And then it, it made it like isolate more, I guess. And yeah, it just yeah. got to, to, to a bad spot. And it sounds really uh, that, you know, similar to, to your case. Yeah. Because you, you know, we have personas, right? We have personas as far as how we want our, you know, our family to view us, our, you know, just our world to view us. Yeah. And then we have the person that we have to look at every day in the mirror. Yeah. And it just, you know, I knew who I was, but I knew that I wasn't that person um, with the drinking. Yeah. So I, I had a really bad incident after the 4th of July. I'd gone to a party and uh, come came home after that, after drinking and, you know, fought with my son, fought with my fiance um banging on doors you know just you know just being in the home just disruptive force in the home woke up the next day in the spare bedroom and i was done i was just you know this is this has got to end mm. this is this has just got to stop yeah. um so at that point i reached out to somebody in the community that's actually a speaker at my event and just said you know can you help me mm. and i think that really is one of the first steps of the journey is to really be aware of where you are with the drinking, but also then to reach out because you can't do it alone. Yeah. Amen to that. That's huge. And that, that first, you know, time asking for help, it can be so difficult sometimes, but I'll tell you what, I don't know if you felt like this, but I know when I finally kind of like submitted to it and said, man, like I, I need some help. Like I felt yeah. like a literal weight, like lifted oh. off of my shoulders. Like, <laughs> yes. 
I knew it was a long road ahead, <laughs> but I also knew there was a lot to live for ahead. And I just like, yeah. oh God, I could let that go a little bit. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I can absolutely. Yeah. That that's just a beautiful way of putting it, Shane. So the, the it, weight just lifts. Yeah, totally. Just like I and I could like you know you could almost you could almost feel it. So you know reaching out like there's no weakness in reaching out for help. I guess is is what we're kind of getting at here too. So if you you're listening to this and you're you're debating it like oh god I don't I don't know I don't know if I want to you know let the cat out the bag or whatever you want to say like man I'm telling you like it's it's one of the most amazing things and it's not a weakness it's actually a strength and you'll find that over time. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. One of the one of the things I, I love about Sober Guy is obviously it's titled Sober Guy. So there's a lot of men that listen to the show, but gosh, there's a lot of women who listen to the show as well. And so, um, Sarah, I'd love to get your take um, and just speaking directly to to the other women out there. Um, you know, we see the 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 wine mom culture, how big it is yeah. and how, you know, there's so many women who struggle. They, they have such, you know, demanding jobs, whether it's being, um, you know, a mom or they're working nine to five and they're being a mom and they're trying to be, you know, a wife or a partner or whatever that looks like. And there's, there's a lot of different things going on. So, um, any thoughts or advice or, uh, anything you could share on, you know, particularly women, uh, struggling with alcohol? Yeah. You know, that was me, right? I mean, alcohol is, there's there's no medicinal benefits. It, it doesn't make you relax. It doesn't make you more social. It doesn't make you smarter and funnier and fun to be around. Um, but we treat it as such for our life. Yeah. Um, so I think as soon as we view alcohol and look at alcohol in a different way of the value that we that we've placed on it, you know, my drinking with my friends and raising two kids we would do the same thing we'd have play dates and have our wine in our our cups um in our you know water bottles and go to the soccer game and and you know it, it it's it was so it, it just there's it's such a conditioned it's such a conditioned um it's such a conditioned thing that we do without even thinking about it like what if i don't do this how is yeah. that going to feel yeah. and the other side of it is so much, so much more amazing than one can even imagine. Mm. Um, I, I really feel that educating um, yourselves on the effects of alcohol as it becomes to our bodies um, yeah. and really how bad it is for us, it, it, it's a toxin. Yeah. And um, it doesn't get better with age. <laughs> it gets worse <laughs> and it affects us. And there's a reason for that. Um, and the, the mummy wine culture as far as like, again, you're just being swept up into what's going on around you. And I think a lot of the time we just need to take a step back and say, you know, do I really want to be doing this? Am I really like my best self? Am I, am I being the best mom that I can be? Am I present? Am I conscious? Uh, my kids observed my drinking growing up and they just said, oh, that's mom. Um, I don't, really recall too many instances where I would have embarrassed them, but they knew the different mom coming out when I'd had some glasses of wine versus the mom that hadn't. Mm. And I think kids really do, you know, they observe yeah. that. Our kids are watching us. Yeah. They're not watching what we say. We're listening to what we say half the time, but they really are viewing us on what we're doing. So I think setting a really good example because really, you know, their habits will be based on what we've done in the home as well. I mean, I would be drinking with my parents, you know, we'd have a glass of wine, we'd, you know, it's Europe, 
you know, there's that culture. So, yeah. Did you find, and, and by the way, too, yeah, I couldn't agree more with you on that. The kids, they don't listen all the time, but they're sure as heck watching every single yeah, thing that sure. we do. And they're like <laughs> little sponges. Um, have you found that over time, um, it's gotten a little bit easier as you as you start to grow, you start to put a little more time together without alcohol as a, a, a focused factor in your life. Um, you know, you've created some new community. You have this awesome event coming up. You've met a yeah. lot of new people. Like, has it, has it gotten easier for you? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just had a holiday. I, I started my alcohol free journey like two years ago and I just had my first, um, the, the, the holiday that just passed was the first year where I didn't think I wanted that glass of champagne that my daughter-in-law was drinking or that bottle of red wine that was being opened the year before, I was like, oh, yeah, this year it was like, no, I, it, it wasn't even like in my head. There was yeah. no craving. There was no desire. There was no need. Yeah. And that that is just, yeah, that that's a really good feeling. But that's a process. That's it a process is. with a lot of the things that I put in place. That doesn't just happen overnight. It is a journey. In the beginning, I was resentful that I couldn't have that drink on a Friday night, Saturday yeah. night. I was resentful. Um, but that changed over time to really pure gratitude. Yeah. So, so what are some of those tools? If you don't mind sharing a couple of them, like for maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's, um, you know, someone listening right now who's coming up on a weekend and they got to go to their, you know, cousin's wedding or a birthday party or an event or something. And they go, man, like, I'm so tired of drinking. I've, 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 how many events and birthday parties and yeah. weddings have we gone and I, and I drink and I just don't want to do that. But as it gets closer to it, a lot of times we fold because of the pressure yeah. and we don't know what else to do. So like, what yeah. would you like, how, how did you get through that? Like that first, you know, that first time and what kind of uh, thoughts or tools do you have you could share? Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that you're totally right, Shane, because you know, what is it? Vacations, holidays, birthdays, yeah. weddings. I mean, you know, everything that you have, you know, to have coming up. I would definitely say that before you leave the house, before you go to these things, really have a steadfast commitment within yourself. Why do you don't want to drink? Mm. Like have that really solid in your mind, because if you don't have that clear and that's not clear within you, you're not going to make a clear choice when you get to that setting. Yeah. And also have an idea of what you're going to do and what you're going to say to people. Are you going to tell people? How are you going to? People are going to ask you for, you know, do you want to drink? What is your response going to be? I'm not drinking tonight. No, I'm not doing that right now. I've quit drinking. Have have that in your mind too. Kind of be prepared because you will be asked. Yeah. Um, also alternatives. Um, you can bring your own uh, bottle of a non-alcoholic beverage. There are so many amazing choices out there. Um, I went to a wedding last year and the bride actually kitted out the bar for me with two bottles of non-alcoholic wine and had that reserved for me um, in advance because I had expressed, you know, and she knew obviously where I was at um, and had that for me. And I think that once you vocalize this to the host, to the guest, you know, to other people, it becomes more real, but actually people are actually like, oh, well, I can do this. Sometimes I think the shame lives within us. And I think that once we get it out into the open, that shame of not being able to or not, you know, wanting to drink, yeah. it kind of just releases. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Thank, thanks for sharing those tips. I think those are great. Um, and it, it, it really is about having a plan going into something yeah. like this. When we plan ahead, um, it you know, you, you have outs, you have things that you, you have that commitment, like you said. Um, and then I'll just I'll just kind of add to that, um, you know, for, for those listening 
You can also find events that don't serve alcohol, like yes. the one that Sarah has created <laughs> coming up right now. And so I'd love to talk a little bit about that. Um, how did you, before we get into kind of the details of it, like how did this come about? Like how did you start, you know, thinking um, about creating an event like this? Where did that come from? Uh, I feel that when I gave up drinking, I didn't know anybody. Um, there wasn't really any community events that I was aware of. Um, and the resources that I integrated in my life, yoga, meditation, exercise, good food, those resources were out there, but just kind of in different places. Yeah. So I wanted to bring those resources to people under one roof. And also to give people the ability to experience non-alcoholic beverages, because so many people don't even know they exist yeah. and just wanted a bit of good people that experience, but also those holistic and wellness attributes that kind of really support a decision to not drink yeah. for some people. Have, have you found something? Um, I, th I think when we had chatted before you, you had said that yoga was a part of your you know, new, new lifestyle. Is that something that has helped yoga or any other activities? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yoga didn't help me when I was in my head. Yeah. And I had to learn how to get out of my head and into my body. And yoga really helps with that. Mm. It helped release the anxiety that I had experienced. It helped really center me and ground me. But in the beginning of my yoga days, I was like, oh, like talking in my head through the whole class. I hate this. Oh, my gosh, I can't wait. Is it six o'clock yet? I need to leave. But the more and more commitment that I made to get to know myself more, um, the more it became such a beautiful and valuable practice. Oh. Being able to practice being in the moment and, and like yeah. you said, getting out of your head, not overthinking yeah. everything, just being able to relax. And then we were able to take that kind of that mindfulness and put it into our everyday lives and be able to practice it. And because it's a constant practice, like we never, yeah, we're never going to get to the, the top of the mountain. It's just, there's always something, but I do, you know, we tend to get a little bit better over time. Um, Absolutely. I think that, again, it just comes back to the commitment that you're going to make to yourself as far as, okay, if I need to make a lifestyle change, I need to have a plan. Yeah. And a plan requires those daily practices rather than the big lofty goals. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. It just starts with daily habits yeah. that build up, that stack up. Is that how, how, like, how did you find community like in that? Did you find them in like a yoga class? Were you just kind of branching out as you, as you embarked on this new alcohol-free journey or like, what did that look like? Um, reached out. Um, first of all, I started Pure Clarity on Instagram. I, it really kind of helped me personally just to kind of put it out there and yeah. just start to talk or start to, you know, share with people that I quit drinking and um, just started to make some posts because people then started coming to me in my life. And that's the most amazing thing that happens when you actually say I've stopped drinking. Other people will come to you and say, well, my daughter feels that I drink too much. And I, you know, have got this diagnosis and people don't talk about it. They sometimes need permission to do so. So, yeah, I started the platform of, um, of Pure Clarity. And yeah. I've actually forgotten what the original question was now. Well, that's okay. You, no, you, it's all right. I love it. You're, you're on point. We were just talking about community and you took pure clarity and you community, started to build community you. around it. Yeah. Sorry, it's, Shane. It's, no, it's, it's, it's bringing me back. It took me off onto a little, like a little track down for a second. Well, you probably start re remembering things too. Yes, like, I was remembering. Moment. Yeah. Exactly. Which is great. And, and, you know, like I, I really had a similar experience with the podcast, like, I feel like when, when you were saying like, okay, I started pure clarity, I put it out there. Like 
when Sarah says put it out there, like when I say I started Sober Guy, and I'm not saying everyone has to go start an Instagram account or an event or a podcast. Yeah, like there's yeah, all kinds exactly. of different ways you can do this, but we pushed our chips in. Like we went all in and we said, you know yeah. what? Like I'm not going to hide out from this. I could never understand that. And I got a lot of respect for all the 12-step platforms. They've helped me immensely. Mm -hmm. um, but I felt like a lot of the time it was supposed to be hidden and I wasn't supposed to talk about my stuff openly. And right. I just, that just felt worse to me because I had hidden it for so long. So when right. I opened up to it, and it sounds like the similar with you, you opened up to it, you started to talk about it, you created this platform. It, there's a buy-in there and nobody wants yeah. to look stupid and have to go back on what what they've committed to so it helps to keep you going and accountable yeah. you know to that mission absolutely shane that's such a great way of putting it because it really actually added to my accountability too um from to myself yeah so things happen when you start to put it out there shane just like what you were talking about then you start to attract people in your life yeah and when you do make a lifestyle change of cutting out alcohol out of your life things do change sometimes yep. your friends will change some people will leave your life some people will stay and some people, your relationships will just get even more amazing. Yeah. Um, they'll be, you know, different, a different, you know, kind of connection. But there, the community, basically, I reached out to one person who then introduced me to somebody else and it just kind of dominoed. Yeah. Um, and then I started to get invited to things. Yeah. Then I started seeing events come up that I could attend. Um, and I really felt and saw all over the country that, there were these larger scale events going on, but nowhere really on the West Coast in LA. Yeah. And also for my age group, I was attending events that were on the younger side and these people are doing amazing things in the space. But I really felt that there was a gap for like the 35 to 55 yeah. age range um, where people could, you know, come and just, you know, be together and like-minded yeah. and learn from each other and just, just, yeah, just, just create community. Yeah, I, I love it. And you, you've you met so many great people. And that's, and I know I've, yeah. I've gotten the opportunity to meet so many people on, on this on this path. And that's one of the coolest things. And I have a lot of old yeah. friends still. You know, I do. I have a lot of friends who I even used to party with. And we don't hang out like we used to. But right. that's okay. We're like, I still got love for them. They got love for me. Yeah. We understand each other. We respect each other. Um, you know, and, but man, so many opportunities, um, you know, come up in, in um, the ability to meet new people and, Go find new things that you like. Bring back that childlike spirit too. Yeah. Like, what did you love to do as a kid? You know, like so man. true. Yeah. Bike riding. Yeah, you know, exactly. you know, bike riding, and just like yep. you know, and we had some like mocktails at lunchtime and stuff, and yeah. introduced it to their world. And yes, my relationships go back a very, very long time, and those people are there in my life and so supportive. Yeah. But again, have reevaluated where they're at with alcohol as a result of me doing that. And these are people that I've gone wine tasting with and done all these things with. Um, so yeah, you're yeah. you're. Your peeps and your family yeah. and your good friends and your friends will will be there, but yeah. some things change and some things stay the same, and most of the stuff just gets really, really, really good and yeah. better. Amen to that. Um, so tell us a little bit before we wrap up. We just got a, we just got a few minutes left. Um, just for somebody who might not know right now, maybe this is the first time they listen to a show like this where we're talking about not drinking and just trying to you know live better. What is Dry January? <laughs> dry January is just a, a a time of the year to reevaluate a you know relationship that you have with alcohol. Um, and some people could go damp, where they will stay drinking, but they'll just drink less or they will go completely dry, which is dry January. Yeah. But it is a time of reevaluation and kind of redefining and finding ways yeah. to do that. 
So, so Pure Clarity, uh, your event that's coming out this weekend, I believe it's the 20th, uh, January 20th. Yeah, this um, weekend. Yeah, super exciting. Um, lots of great uh, panelists and speakers and yeah. wellness classes, yoga, all kinds of stuff. Um, tell us a little bit more about it um, and give us uh, a little more background. Yeah, thank you, Shane. So yeah, it starts at 10, ends at five. It's like a day experience and we have incredible speakers um, in the space. We have Laura Cathcart-Robbins, who's the author of Stash. She's got one of the best memoir um, lists of Elle magazine and she's written a book about her recovery journey and um, kind of where she's at today. And she's also a podcaster. And we've got other speakers. We've got uh, the Manduka founder speaking about the healing power of yoga. Um, we have uh, a coaching uh, workshop. We have wellness classes, including like gut health and how that relates to kind of our minds. And if our minds are in better shape and our bodies, we make good decisions and we feel better. Um, we've got mindful movement and breath work. We've got incredible panelists. Um, we've got Courtney Friel, who is, uh, you know, 14 years sober at KTLA. And she's very open and vocal about her journey. Got her on a panel. We've got some industry leaders um, with non-alcoholic brands coming together, basically giving you the insights of kind of like, what do you do at home? Yeah. What is uh, something you can enjoy and how do you put that together? And so, yeah, Love the it. day is just incredible. Open, open non-alcoholic bars and brand sampling. So awesome. it gives opportunities to people that are, just don't know anything about the space. And as far as like, okay, again, what do I do? What can I drink if I don't drink alcohol? Yeah. Yeah, I, lo I love it. So many great opportunities and, uh, and people and workshops. And I'll just say, like, I've been to a lot of events, um, you know, with, with this kind of style in mind of of, um, of people and community and no alcohol. And it's such a great place to network and meet new people. Yeah, um, it, it, it's a lot so. of fun, too. So um, where yeah. where would folks go to uh, to get a ticket or to check if they just want to check it out and just see more about the, the lineup? Where would they do that? Yeah, so they can go to pureclaritynow.com and that's the event website. And on there, there's a schedule at the top. So they can just click in there and kind of see what we have planned. It's not something you have to be at for the day. You can just come and, you know, choose to be in attendance for what you want and, you know, spend as much time there as you want with us. And um, yeah, so that's the information. And then, yeah, the tickets are tickets are for sale. Awesome. And I'll, I'll be sure to put the link in the in the show notes here. So if you're listening to this right now and you want to check that out, just go to the show notes, click on the link there. It'll take you right to the website and then you can check out all the info. You can figure out how you get tickets, all that good stuff. Um, Sarah, it's been great to uh, to chat with you today. I'm so glad that we met recently. Me um, too, Shane. Me too. Shout out to Chris. Shout out to Karen. Appreciate y'all too. <laughs> Had a good meeting. And, and the Jess. Shout out to Jess. Well. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, so b before we wrap up, just one last question for you. Um, if, if there's somebody out there right now who's struggling and, you know, they, they, they just, they, they want to stop, they want to take a break. They want to quit forever. Who, who knows? But they're just in that place where, you know, both of us have been at some point in our life. Um, what advice or what encouragement or what could you tell them? Well, the one thing I would, uh, start with is, um, reach out and just really kind of maybe sit in the fact of where you're at and and why why you want to quit um and reach out and don't give up and uh you know seek resources with regard to you know online reach out to me you can dm me at pure clarity now on instagram yeah. um but reach out you know make take that first step um the first step is really as cliche as it sounds, it really is always the hardest to kind of admit you don't want to be 
where you're at with your relationship with alcohol. That's like one of the hardest things. But once you do and you get on the journey, it's the gifts and the blessings just open up. Yeah. Amen to that. I love it. Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you, Shane. Appreciate you and all the beautiful work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hope some spoke to you today. Thank you for tuning in. Share the podcast with a friend. Connect us on Instagram at that sober guy podcast. Once again, you can get everything, um, resources, anything you need at that sober And we'll be sure to put all the links from today's show in the show notes. So you can check out the pure clarity event. Peace, love and respect. Keep your blood clean.